eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Really, really excited to be joined today on the flagship podcast interview uh, by Kenny Sims. Kenneth Sims, as he was listed in the the program at Texas from 1978 to 1981 when he became a two-time All-American, the first Lombardi Award winner in the history of Texas football. He is still the leader in forced fumbles for a career with 15 um, and probably has the biggest hands I have ever seen in my life. Uh, not to mention uh, going on to become the number one overall pick in the 1982 draft with the New England Patriots, uh, helped the Patriots get to a Super Bowl in 1985 and is now going into the College Football Hall of Fame in its 2021 class, the one and only uh, Kenneth Sims. We call him Big Slimmy. <laughs> Kenny, how you doing? Doing well, Chip. Survived the freeze. And uh, so I consider this sunny day in the 70s and talking to you a blessing. Well, I, uh, I'm excited about this. And I texted you as soon as uh, the word came out that you were going in uh, to the 2021 College Football Hall of Fame class. And, you know, when when awards like this happen, Kenny, you you look back and you have so much to look back on. I mean, I'm sitting here reading about how, you know, when you were, well, first of all, you grew up in Cassie, Texas. And Cassie so small, you had to go to high school in Grosbeck. Is that right? Yeah, we're consolidated. So we took in uh, uh, Thornton, uh, a little part of, uh, of, uh, of uh, back towards Mejia, but mostly Limestone County because I grew up 16 miles from Marlin and 16 miles from Grosbeck, the sign says. But, you know, <laughs> the school districts go by county. So I'm in Limestone County. And uh, so I'm a goat for life. I love it. The Grosbeck Goats, baby. The Grosbeck Goats. <laughs> yes, sir. And you were a straight-on kicker for Grosbeck. Is that right? Yeah, I had the Frankenstein shoe. I'm sure you're familiar with it. You're oh, not yeah. that young. So oh, you yeah. remember the old square toe deal. And, um, you know, on a rainy day, I'd keep it on because it was a seven stud. And we basically, you know, had the rubber cleats in high school. 
But, you know, I, my friends, we joke about it. And I say, yeah, I was a thousand percent on those extra points. You know, that's why they call them the extra point. But we didn't get to kick that many. So I didn't have a lot of pressure on me. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I mean, a yeah. guy who's six, five, you know, two, two sixty five um, and absolutely dominated on the defensive line for the University of Texas. The the image of you kicking uh, with that straight on Frankenstein shoe is is just awesome. But take me through the uh, I, I, I read somewhere where you you thought about leaving football, I think your junior year in high school. Yeah, well, you know, my junior year, I I had a I got a real bad pinched nerve. And believe it or not, it was in uh, two, you know, before school, you know, we can't put the pads on till school starts pretty much. Or, so I'm out there, we're out there in shorts and we're doing some, you know, somersaults or something and not <laughs> laying wrong and. Got to ended up with a pinch nerve, which nagged me the first part of that year, and I just wasn't feeling it. I knew something wasn't right, you know, when it when uh, you'd make a basic tackle and it felt like a whole beehive, a whole beehive hit you in your neck. So um, I just it was it wasn't in the cards. Uh, you know, my mother never said a whole lot about football, but for some reason that year she saw that something wasn't right and. You know, out of the blue, she goes, well, now, boy, you know you ain't got to play no football. So, I mean, and she never said jack nothing about sports to me. But she knew something wasn't right, which, you know, that's a pretty serious deal. I think I went to the chiropractor one time, and everything's supposed to be hunky-dory. But, you know, it all worked out, uh, you know, junior year. The only bad part about that, Chip, was they had just bought the dunk back in. Oh. And, uh, you know, as, as as fate would be, they went a whole year. Nobody dunked until I came back. And, of course, I christened both ends uh, <laughs> against the black cat. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I love it. So so the recruiting process, Texas, um, take take give me a give me a glimpse into what the recruiting process was like for uh, for Kenneth Sims. Well, since I didn't play my junior year, I wasn't like, you know, the blue chip list or something. Me and Ray Clay said, yeah, you the blue chip. You just went on that list. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, what ended up happening was uh, since I'm on the lower tier, uh, Coach Auburn from Rice had been pretty much, you know, visiting Groves back during the summer, saw a scrimmage. But then he made the mistake of bragging up at DFW to Coach Ken Dabbs, a great recruiter for uh, many years at UT. And Dabs, after Ray Auburn bragged about uh, this guy down in Grosbeck, this kid down in Grosbeck that can really run. And Dabs agreed with him and then immediately got out of the car at DFW and went to the payphone, you know, and called Coach Parker. And he asked, uh, he said, Mike, you know where Grosbeck is? And, and Coach Parker said, no. He said, well, you better find it because there's a player over there. And that's the story Coach Dabs told until he went to be with Jesus. Wow. Wow. Yes, well, sir. and then you, you get to Texas and I mean, it, the defense is loaded. You got Steve McMichael on that, uh, on that defense, but you, as I said, go on to, to set, you know, career records at Texas that still stand the 15 force fumbles. You had 131 tackles, um, in 1980 as a defensive lineman. That's insane. Um, but you know, what, what memories do you have of, uh, and, and Leon Fuller was your defensive coordinator, right? Yes, sir. They allowed what Coach Fuller said was this. Since we did play the 4-3 and then we played the understeps that the Steelers ran, 
if you let that guard off on the on the uh, uh, shift block, you better make the tackle. <laughs> so you better take care of the middle linebacker, or you better make the tackle if you want to stay in good stead with Coach Fuller. So uh, they allowed us to play, you know, pretty loose and fast in there with it, but we always uh, managed to generate a little pass rush without having to blitz, and that was a you know a huge plus. Well, it's uh, it's amazing because you were splitting time with with McMichael for for two years, seventy eight and seventy nine. Um, you take over and completely dominate in eighty and eighty one, winning the first uh, Lombardi Trophy at Texas and finishing eighth in the Heisman in 1981. What, what, uh, what did it mean to you to win the Lombardi Award? Well, uh, you know, I had uh, coaches always preach and play that, play that down like it's your last, because one time it will be, and they were right. But, uh, you know, I had put in work. Uh, you know, we kind of hung our hat on defense that year. We were trying to get back to Dallas for the Cotton Bowl, and uh, – we kind of considered mission complete, but we knew that we we were a defensive team. Uh, we weren't a juggernaut on offense, so we knew that we had to hang our hat on defense. But, I mean, we were amply supplied with guys like Lighting, uh, Shankle, and, and Hatchet, and Graham, and Bobby Johnson. You know, them guys played in the pros, man. I mean, yeah. it ain't like we had some guys that were going to be PE teachers. <laughs> These cats played, you know, got paid to play. And uh, the guys behind them wasn't no slouches. When you got Jerry Gray backing up your safety and you got Mozzie Cade and Fred Acorn and guys covering kicks, <laughs> you're in pretty good shape. Yeah, no doubt about <laughs> yes, it. Sir. I mean, the defenses yes, that you were a part of, the 79 defense gave up 8.2 points per game. Just uh, unbelievable. And, and as you mentioned, in, in 81, uh, you all go to the Cotton Bowl, uh, beat Alabama. It was a great way to go out. And, and you're – so then you're the number one overall pick with the New England Patriots. What was the lead-up to the draft like? Like, did they measure hands back then like they do now? Well, yeah, they do. They send you through the dog and pony show. But see, the, the whole theatrics leading up to that deal was, you know, during the season, you know, I was having a pretty good year. You know, I think I got Sports Illustrated Defensive Player of the Year in one week. And, you know, so I was, you know, and Ray Clay said, man, there's no way that they can't pick you, dude. Because, I mean, dude, every day on the news up here, you know, it's the Patriots, Sims, or Bus. You know, we got to have, you know, they were calling the Patriots the Red Sea defense and, you know, giving them, you know, the business. And, uh, you know, my uncle was, uh, you know, he was an old high school coach up there, but he was a principal at the time when I got drafted up there in Providence. So he was just over the top when I got picked. You know, my mom's baby brother, only thing he ain't got up there, you know, 2,000 miles from Texas, his family. So, I mean, you know, it worked out great. It was like having a built-in family there, especially on the tailgates, because Uncle Ray always had the, had the uh, cold beers with the cooler and the play a lot with the brats, you know. So he was popular. And, of course, you know, he was one of Bum's boys. So, I mean, he had some history. Whenever Bum came to town, you know, he'd go in the locker room. And So, you know, my football family, you know, a lot of people didn't know, but it, it, it ran pretty deep, you know, because – my uncle, you know, he played out there for Bum, and my mom, you know, she thought the world of Bum Phillips. Well, and when you say Ray Clay, Ray Claiborne. 
Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Probably the goat of UT cornerbacks, Chip. Let it be known. That guy it. went 18 years on that corner, man. 17, 18 years on that corner. And I think that year we went to the Super Bowl when we played like 20 games. I think he gave up one touchdown, bro. Man. So the rest of that stuff, just idle talk when they be talking about goats and stuff. And plus, you know, that guy ran a 4-4 at like damn near 40 years old when he went to Cleveland. And Art Modell says, hey, old dude. You proved me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> he was Daryl Green four, four. before Daryl Green. Oh, yeah. He, you know, they should have won the national championship uh, in the four-by-four four because, by four, uh, you know, they were football players running track, not track guys run, playing football. It's a big difference, Chip. Wow. You know it. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Big difference. Well, I ask if they measured your hands because you have the biggest hands I've ever seen. So do you know what size hands you have? Well, Chip, actually, my fingers aren't that big around, but uh, the the uh, width of my grip. When I was when I was uh, working my summer job at the Conoco for Mr. Don Whedon, that great Philadelphia Eagle, I think he's world champ. Before Nick Foles got him a championship, <laughs> but he said I would tote those batteries around, and I would tote one in each hand back in '81 wow. when I was car working car batteries. Store. That was a gift. Yeah, that's we're talking about car batteries in the 80s. So you know how big they were. Oh, so uh, I was blessed uh, with, you know, some size, some strength, and just, you know, the country strong is a difference, Chip. You know it. Yeah. It's a different deal than that weight room stuff, man. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. so you, uh, you're playing for the Patriots. You help them get to the Super Bowl. You, that season you had 65 tackles, five and a half sacks to fumble recoveries and you're playing the bears, the 85 bears in the super bowl. What do you remember about the lead up to that game? Well, I remember we played them. We played them in Chicago about a month and a half two about two and a half months early before I kicked the guy and broke my leg in Indianapolis, uh, which is a whole nother story. I'm glad he didn't call a uh, leg whipping on me too. That's been <laughs> insult to injury. But when we played those guys up in Chicago, uh, we knocked McMahon and Payton out of the game. And I think, and I know for a fact, Jimbo was still hurting at the Super Bowl, but he wasn't hurting that bad because, you know, he was a drinking buddy of mine and he tried, that's when I could still run. <laughs> and uh, I hadn't broke the leg for the third time, but I ran him down and put the, put the smash on him. And uh, old Jim was still limping at that Super Bowl, bro. Wow. And I bet if you ask him today why he was, he would tell you that his drinking buddy put the hammer on him. And, of course, like I said, we knocked them both out of that game up in Chicago, and they scored, I think, 16 points on us. And we, we and then that year, Chip, also, people don't know it, but we led the league in takeaways, bro. So yeah. we was no slouches when we had our full infantry. You know, my luck was bad. It wasn't like I wasn't going to get picked. Because the guys know when I'm with them, I'm 100% in. I would do anything to get that cat on the ground, and they know that now. So Jim McMahon was a drinking buddy of yours. Yeah, you know, I broke my leg, and we're on that banquet circuit, and uh, he had money. And, of course, I didn't have any, so he's <laughs> buying the beers, and, you know, I'm limping. So we we became fast friends back, back in the days, you know, on the banquet circuit, and we both made the uh, Kodak team, so we we left the Touchdown Club in D.C. to go to Arizona and get out there. And I think Marino and them had drank up all the free beer. Well, they had plenty of beer. They just got some more. But uh, we got out there, and uh, 
you know, landed on the, at the little Petticoat Junction Airport and uh, you know, hung out with those guys. And, uh, of course, that was back when Kodak sponsored the, the uh, coaches All-American team. And, you know, just – and then those guys voted me the captain, you know, and uh, for the team. So I think they gave us a transistor radio or something. But, <laughs> you know, it's a thought that counts. <laughs> the thought that counts. What was McMahon like uh, at that point? Kenny? Well, he was dipping Copenhagen and he had his own can, so oh I probably gosh. bummed a dip or two. And, uh, you know, Jim, uh, I don't, I remember correctly, I think, that he is not a Mormon, but his family lived up there in Utah. Right, right. So that's why he went to BYU, because I think mean, he actually got kicked off the team at one point for wearing <laughs> flip flops, I think, or dipping snuff, <laughs> one of the two. You could probably have busted him on either account because oh. he liked that snuff. I think he still likes that Copenhagen. Oh, that's funny. Um, so one of the other awards, that's just huge. Um, the top five award given out by the NCAA for, you know, top scholar athletes. Um, you won that award with Oliver Luck, Rowdy Gaines, the Olympic swimmer, uh, Lynette Woodard. Um, what did that mean, Kenny? Cause that's a, that's a huge award. They've expanded it now to the top 10 award, but that's, these are the top scholar athletes in the NCAA, regardless of sport. And you won it, um, you know, after your senior year at Texas. Well, Chip, well, you know, when you're doing things, uh, I think Frederick Duckley said it best when he said that he would unite with anyone to do good. And so I had aligned myself with a lot of good people in Austin on my way up. And I managed to be able to uh, put a smile on people's faces when they needed to put a smile, when they needed a smile. And, uh, you know, people thought a whole lot of me because I gave them a whole lot when I could. Yeah. Well, let's uh, we'll take a quick break here with Kenny Sims. Um, he's a 2021 College Football Hall of Fame uh, class inductee. We'll get into uh, who he's going in with and uh, – and get some of his thoughts on Texas football uh, when we come back. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. We're back and, you know, your, your thoughts on, you know, what went through your mind when you got the word that you're going into the, the college football hall of fame there in Atlanta, which is just an amazing um, building an amazing uh, attraction for, for folks who have any affinity for college football whatsoever. I've been there. Um, what went through your mind when you got the call? Well, um, I had uh, a, about a week or so earlier, uh, Mr. Bianca had called me, texted me that he needed my address, and I figured they weren't going to send me some dead tulips like the, <laughs> like them quarter, like they did James Brown for that Big 12 championship game. <laughs> so uh, I kind of figured I had something coming, and uh, I didn't actually look out on the porch until that Saturday. I was getting ready to go up to cover three, and uh, I looked on the front porch, 
and uh, there was a box. So I got him back in, got the box, and then you know, uh, uh, the uh, the ball was in there, and it had a letter that you weren't to disclose it until uh, that Monday. Give the ESPN a chance to chop off their their forty pounds of press, and uh, so I held it. Uh, you know, I told coach a couple of my coaches that helped me. You know, with uh, constituents on the West Coast and. Uh, told them to keep the hat on it, and, and of course the CBS, you know, with the the, the cowboy quarterback there, he, uh, you know, he, his buddy couldn't hold it, so he busted it out with him. But <laughs> Tony uh, Romo, I held it until that Monday uh, for the general. You know, I didn't, I didn't just cut it loose, but uh, I found out uh, that Saturday morning before they let it go that Monday, I believe, on uh, midday at uh, on. ESPN. Yeah. And what, what did, you know, what, how did that make you feel? Well, uh, you know, some of my coaches and, um, they have been pushing this thing. Uh, it was kind of off my radar to tell you the truth, Chip, when you did something 40 years ago, (laughs) you know, (laughs) it was before the internet. You said, Hey guys, Hey, well, they'd be wondering which Kenneth Sims is this, is this the, is this the, uh, board game guy well is this you know is this, is this the tackling sims or is this the dunking sims you know so uh it's just glad to, i'm glad to be remembered at any point in the game and uh to join such illustrious group of guys and to be in that nice place you had told me about a while back when you were at a championship game down there that's right uh you know uh anytime you get to eat free food and drink free drinks is a good time. Hey, and a good deal. Amen. <laughs> Amen to that. Yes, sir. What, um, and you're going in, in that 21 class with Tony Romo, Bob Stoops, Carson Palmer, um, uh, in, in that hall of fame class. So I'm sure that'll be a, a, a great event, uh, this December when, um, when you have the, the actual induction. Um, but last December, uh, Fred Akers passed on December, December 7th, Kenny. And what, what stands out in terms of memories playing for Fred Akers? Well, I know that we had a quite diverse group and he had a, str- a string of uh, teams there that were, you know, they took second backseat to none. I think at one point they said a, uh, during his tenure, they set a draft record that will never be broken as far as for guys getting drafted. So, uh, you know, integrating the football team was already done, but to, to mix it up into a flavor that everybody liked, I think you have to grade Coach Akers for that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a little bit – give me a little bit more on that. What – what? how was he effective? Well, just for instance, just for instance this, you know, Ray Clay was my teammate on the Super Bowl team in New England. I played the whole time with him. Well, he was telling me that they had 40 scholarship athletes, you know, before he recruited Earl. And I think him and Roosevelt might have been there. But he had 40 scholarship athletes, Chip, and there was four African-Americans. We had 25 and there was 12. Yeah. So just strictly from a numbers point uh, standpoint, I mean, it jumps right out at you. And, uh, and not only were they good players, good guys, which laid the groundwork for recruiting teams that, you know, uh, some of those teams Coach Akers had, like the one that went to Auburn, you know, that Kevin Green, uh, what a great football player and a great guy. He was telling uh, Coach LeDuc at the Hall of Fame, 
that the guys from Texas were telling them where they were going to run, dude. Wow. And then they couldn't stop them. That's wow. how strong they were back then. Yeah. You know, with Mean Gene, the Coke machine, and those guys, <laughs> and, uh, MacIver and, and uh, you know, Epps and them guys. <laughs> dude, he ain't making that up. He yeah. said they were telling them where they were going to run, and they couldn't stop them, dude. Wow. So, you know, uh, we, were, we, were, we were in good stead. I, we recruited good athletes. And they were they and they were always uh, able to be uh, mobile, I should say, offensively and defensively. You know, we just didn't have when you know back then there wasn't no three hundred pounders, dude. That was a pink elephant. <laughs> yeah, you just you can't name them either. When you were in school, I mean, it just wasn't. I mean, guys that they were, you know, they were pretty much a pink elephant if they if they are, were three hundred pounders back then. Yeah. Yes, sir. Well, what uh, what was it like? Um, you know, you're sharing time with uh, Mongo McMichael. What uh, what was that like having him as a, well, a teammate? And then, see, of course, you play him in the Super Bowl. Well, you know, we're friends still, and um, people don't realize that him and one of his high school teammates were the tackles on that '79 team. And I backed them both up when we we went out in the wind, took over at the Sun Bowl, and we we just we couldn't get nothing going, and we couldn't score enough to beat them. And we had a chance on defense to score, but you know back then you couldn't pick it up and run it. And uh, <laughs> so we we ended up getting beat by Washington, I think like sixteen seven or nine or something like that. It was some as we used to refer to it, it was a Freddie score. <laughs> but uh, uh, McMichaels, and uh, they were pissed off at me because they thought we should have been at the Sugar Bowl. But, you know, A&M ran a halfback pass, and they double-teamed me. And McMichaels said, so? And I told him, I said, that was before I learned all those tricks. And uh, he blamed that on me, of us being back in El Paso, because I thought, you know, I felt like we would handle either one of those teams at the Sugar Bowl. As we later showed, you know, we 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 were very up to the task. Well, the you you used to tell me that the the practices, the Texas practices, were so intense that like the coordinators would sometimes, you know, nearly come to to blows. Well, like, it's the, high intensity. Uh, you know, you gotta gotta put you on practice. You're gonna play like you practice. So there was always, I mean, the whole practice, you can't, you can't lose, use live rounds all the time, but you got to file for a few to let people know that they need to duck. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. Well, let me ask you this. Cause Arkansas, yes, Arkansas was a powerhouse when you were playing in Texas is going to play Arkansas in Fayetteville this fall. And, and for the kids these days, I don't think they, have any idea how intense that rivalry was. Um, but you know, what do you remember about that, that rivalry with Arkansas? Oh man. I remember it was, a, we played them the first game of the decade in the eighties on Monday night on labor day. And it was the first time I ever started. And man, when that game was over, I was so fired up that I could not sleep. And I was, and I was actually, uh, uh, restless going into it, having not ever started, but I went in and I went up to see see Coach Fuller, and we had a conversation that went something like this: "Well, Kenneth, you got your new shoulder pads. You're ready to go." 
And that was the end of it. And I went back to Jester and I played against this big All-American, preseason All-American from Arkansas. And Terry Charleston him say, you kicked his ass, dude. <laughs> but I was playing scared. So I always played scared, Chip. I didn't want to get whipped. Yeah. And uh, when we went down there, when we were number one in the nation uh, in 81, um, the majority of the pro scouts said this is a game that got me drafted number one because I was literally trying to knock them out. Wow. Yes. Well, that day, we're number one. So when you hear that Texas is going to play Arkansas second game of the season in 2021, what is that? Uh, does that put a little... Oh, Little, some juice is flowing, juice? brother. They cost me a national championship. Mm. Mm. We'll be undefeated, I'm sure, when we go down there. So we need to return undefeated because they've ruined enough seasons for the Longhorns when they ruined that one for us because, you know, we don't hiccup down there. You know, we handle our business uh, and we're in that championship game. Well, you were number one because we were number one. And all you got to do back then is hold your hat finish the season with it and you can get you a big old nice ring. But, you know, I'm pretty sure that we, we had a lot of young guys and chip, you know, it's hard to keep the public from feeding you that Kool-Aid, you know, right. and I'm sure we had quite a few young, well, I'm positively sure the way they operated down there that day is they had enjoyed themselves a week of uh, Arkansas and uh, forgot that we had to do work one time with yeah. the slogan that I used that year brings back memories now that yes, we can do it one time. Yeah. And you, that meant one time this week. Yeah. Well, that 81 season, Texas, your team finished 10, one and one you'd beaten Miami, which was number 14 in the nation. And then you beat OU, which was number 10 and then went to Arkansas, as you mentioned, and then, uh, and then played SMU. You had all kinds of ranked opponents in that season, but 10, one and one, when you when you uh, you know look at what's been going on with Texas football recently, Kenny, what uh, what needs to happen for Texas to to get back to being a, a perennial power? We have to real go out and hire a real professional coach. The kids are amateurs, but the coaches are professionals. They went out and got one. You can't coach in the pros, Chip. Them guys will find you out. So, and then you can't coach for Saban because he'll find you out. Yep. So, uh, Texas, for whoever pulled the trigger, I think you might have got it right. This cat knows X's and O's and Jimmy's and Joe's, and that's what it's about. He's got the energy, and he's a genuine cat. And, you know, from all I know, because, you know, we're, we're I've been doing that camp on the West Coast for almost 10 years now. And, you know, Sark's name is huge up there in, uh, you know, Washington State. Yeah, and uh, they got a lot of respect for him. Uh, I watch what he does offensively, and I've had to deal with guys like that with minds like Marino and you know Elway. That cat, he's got that kind of mind. Uh, we've got adequate uh, personnel. Uh, by the way, I want to shout out to my man Byron Murphy up in Desoto. Oh yeah, his brother is coming to Texas, and uh, man, I'm glad we got that guy. Uh, I mean, he's going to be a difference maker. I bet you money right now. I bet you chicken fried steak that he's going to be a difference maker. Well, our and of course, my buddy, my little, my little buddy, 95, Mr. Collins, the only player I know on the team, turns out to be a host. And uh, I met him when he was a junior in high school because his mom is the great Benita Pollard. And uh, 
Coach Conrad introduced me to him. And, uh, of course, and when he got signed by us, they were talking, bragging about this five-star. And I told my buddy, I said, man, we met him. That's the guy we met. <laughs> and sure enough, he, he turned – the guy should have been starting, to be honest, Chip. Yeah. Sometimes you just got to call a spade a spade. And those other guys, they couldn't get out of the way of their shadow. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he got his first start in the Alamo Bowl, and he completely dominated the. Oh, oh. <laughs> I mean, that was beautiful. Oh, that was beautiful, man. D. Lyman got an interception. Oh, wow, that's awesome. I mean, while being held and and <laughs> and sniffed out the screen. I mean, it, it was it was it was all. Uh, I mean, he had a tackle for loss. He tipped a pass on third down, forcing a punt. So, yeah, I think a lot of people are excited about. I mean, does he remind you of you a little bit? You guys are kind yeah, of. You know, JD over at Longhorn Network was telling me, and of course, we're both hoopers, and he's mobile and agile, and uh, obviously, he's he's nifty, and uh, he's a he's a long uh, lever guy, which is like me. I mean, that means he can he can move a little bit, yeah. you know, because you don't see guys with these short Achilles tendons that's you know burning that. 40 clock up, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so I like, you know, I've learned a little bit, a little bit about it over my studies about uh, the phenotypes and uh, it, that cat, man, I wish we could have three more like him. <laughs> I love it. Well, yeah, sure. I, you know, every time I'm, I'm around you and uh, heck one time we were all together, Mark Henry was like, Hey, Hey, Slimmy, you got any, uh, you got any ribs in your pocket? What's the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what's what's the key to great ribs well you know i've been watching those cooking shows chip and if you got some if you got just some good kingsfoot or some good heb wood you just get that wood good and good and red hot and uh, you put you a little bit of seasoning on them ribs and put them in there and do the three two and maybe a little while after that, they put a little sauce on them, but not long. Yeah. And you, you wrap them up at three hours and, and put them down there. And that's when you start drinking you some margaritas. You can have some <laughs> margaritas then because uh, you can't mess it up once you wrap it up, Chip. I love it. I love it. <laughs> there, there it is. That's what it's all about, folks. Well, Kenny, I appreciate it so much. I'm so happy and, uh, and excited it's so well deserved your induction into the the college football hall of fame and and thanks so much for taking some time with us um here on the flagship podcast interview always got time for the pony man i, I love it i love it you're the best kenny and uh Thank you, buddy take care man be safe stay well you got it for for kenny yes, sims i am chip brown <laughs> thanks for listening to the flagship podcast interview and until next time, stay safe and keep the faith. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend? 
or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 